Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, a podcast about fantasy football. And each week, we bring you the analysis you need to make your fantasy football team the best it can be. For me, Bob Brill, you get a century, half century's knowledge on ins and outs of playing fantasy sports. From Eric, you get the inside info you can only get from a guy who's been on the NFL stage, a top quarterback with the Lions and Bears. Eric is up on today's players, lends his deep insights to the game itself. So you won't find a better combination. Each week, beginning on Thursday nights uh, for right now, and once the season begins, we'll be moving to Tuesdays. We'll look at the players in each upcoming game, the trends and the insights, more than you know, just the better stats that you're going to want to know about. So for the first eight weeks, we are going uh, division by division and analyze the players on those teams to get you ready for your fantasy draft. Uh, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Lipson, iTunes, and more. And you can always find the link to the podcast by going to our website, KramerandBrill.com. That's KramerandBrill.com. And uh, when you get there, you'll see right on the homepage, you'll see right at the top uh, under some uh, pictures of uh, NFL, uh, NFL quarterback um, Eric um, Kramer in his um, glory days. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll see a link that says uh, current podcast. You can click on that. That'll take you to the podcast website. Or you can go to the podcast page and they're all listed there. And you can go there and uh, from from the homepage, just click on the podcast tab and click on that. It'll take you to all of them. And you can click uh, whichever one you want uh, at that spot as well. So multiple ways to do it. Uh, this is working out perfect for us because what we're going to do here is we're going to do the NFC East today, uh, this week. Next week we'll do the NFC, uh, or the AFC East, and then we'll do our pre-draft, in other words, our draft edition. Uh, that'll come up right before the season, right before the weekend where most uh, leagues are doing their draft. We'll, we'll go over the players uh, individually, pick our, uh, our draft orders, what we're looking at and where we think people will fall. And then uh, a couple of days later, we'll have our first NFL preview week where we'll break down the teams, and that'll come out on the Tuesday before the NFL season kicks off, which is the, uh, the first Thursday in uh, September. So we're looking at uh, doing all of that. So before we uh, do anything else, I just want to um, uh, introduce you to my friend and colleague, my co-host, former NFL quarterback Eric Kramer. Eric, it's we're coming up to the season. I mean, it's not that many weeks <laughs> ahead, you know. A couple of weeks, we're going to be doing it. That's right, man. Kicks off the preseason. Yeah, for it, most teams this weekend. Yeah, so, uh, had, uh, tonight. Had, uh, that that's the exciting thing. You know, it's uh, the preseason. I think that is probably one of the most important times of the year for fantasy because you get to look at the breakdown of these guys. Okay, you've been waiting after the draft, and you uh, you say, okay, this guy's going to be great. I want this guy. Depending on whether you're in the dynasty league or you're in a, a regular uh, regular league, and I'm in both, so I, I kind of have to go the whole gamut. But the preseason gives you a good opportunity to see who might be there for those first few weeks, especially uh, because of injuries. 
And we've got some holdouts, and we're going to get to the uh, Dallas Cowboys here first. Um, we've got a situation with Ezekiel Elliott that is playing out uh, that uh, is like the Le'Veon Bell situation from the last couple of years. Uh, as we look at the Cowboys, I think we have to start with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, who, who basically is the, the core and focus of this team. Uh, where do you see this ending up? Tough situation because you've got an owner in Jerry Jones who does not have time nor does he want to wait around and uh, not have Ezekiel Elliott show up. It's been 24 years since they won their last Super Bowl mm-hmm. in 95. And so Ezekiel Elliott, I think, eventually is going to get into camp. Jerry Jones made a comment here recently where he was something about, hey, we don't, have, we don't need to have a running back to win the Super Bowl here. <laughs> I disagree with that, and I think he does too. And Jerry Jones is a unique play, uh, person, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I've known yeah. Jerry but, for But, you know, he was, what, like if, if you add up the years, he was 52 back when in 95 or mm-hmm. so when they won the Super Bowl. So now he's not 52 and 76, doesn't have a lot longer to, that he wants to wait around. Right. So I think that deal with Ezekiel is going to get done, and it should because he's the best running back in the game. Well, you know, the thing about him is not only did he rush for last year 1,400 yards, but uh, he also caught 77 passes. Uh, I mean, this is a guy who, when he is in the game, he's the focus. I mean, you do have Dak Prescott, and you do have some wide receivers there, but he is the guy the defense has to focus on. And without him, you don't have a backup. No, There's no James Conner behind Ezekiel Exactly. So they've got to have him, I think, for game one. And... You know, there's a lot riding on this season. Jason Garrett's job, for one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he is now coaching. Uh, Jerry Jones let his option year come and no new contract. So he's got to win this year to prove he should be here next year. In a normal season, is Ezekiel Elliott the number one running back taken? In a normal season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of fantasy? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... He's going to put up again. Uh, probably the, he'll probably, if not win the rushing title, be right there at the end. He's going to be running behind one of the best offensive lines in the game. He's got now, you know, he's got uh, there are weapons around Dak Prescott to throw the ball. So, yeah, I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to have another great fantasy football year. In a non-dynasty league, uh, some uh, a league where you're playing for this year and this year only, and let's say the first week of the season comes along and the deal's not done, um, do you go out on a limb and take him first round so you make sure you get him and hoping that he doesn't do a Le'Veon Bell? Or do you say, you know, I can take him maybe second round and get him there? Or do you just kind of let it go? If it was me, I would take him. Because there's no way Jerry Jones is going to let two, three games go by without having Ezekiel in in the locker room. Jerry Jones is not Art Rooney, is what you're saying? Well, no, and I just I, Jerry Jones wants to win a Super Bowl more than he wants to make a statement to Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. So um, he's a business guy, and he's going to make a good financial decision about all that. But um, you know, there there won't be this will not be week two or three without Ezekiel Elliott in uniform. Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak Prescott has had uh, a team on his shoulders the last couple of years since he came in as a rookie. Uh, 22 touchdowns, uh, eight interceptions, uh, threw over 500 passes. Uh, still a guy who can who is mobile. I mean, he had over 300 yards rushing. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at him and saying, you know, where does he fall? Uh, where does this team run without him or with him? 
where they run without him is nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so he's one of the bright young quarterbacks in the league. He does not have great fantasy stats, although he's he he rushes for yards and touchdowns and throws for some. I think he's I think I read he's the only quarterback in NFL history in his first three seasons to rush or pass for 20 more touchdowns and still rush for five touchdowns each season. So not a bad guy to have, but he wins. And so if we're talking just the Cowboys franchise, what they are built to do, it's win. And they got the right guy quarterback pulling the trigger who matured an awful lot last year, uh, especially once they got Armani Tumor or Armani Cooper. Yeah, and, and, and the backup there is Cooper Rush, so we're not looking at anything that uh, anybody who's going to be doing anything but hand, probably handing off the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. If Ezekiel Elliott's there, if Dak uh, Prescott goes down. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at what the Cowboys had to do to win their last game of the season, mm-hmm. that was all Dak Prescott. True. And I, there's no reason for me to think that the Cowboys won't keep moving in his direction to showcase what he can do because he wins games. Now, going to the wide receiver position, uh, the thing about the uh, wide receivers, they came alive, I believe, uh, and I think you hit it on the head a few seconds ago, and when they finally acquired Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper was just languishing in Oakland, and uh, I, I think that was uh, what they had to give up for him was totally justified because of the fact that you know, he is a premier wide receiver. As you said, he's elite. He lit up their receiving core. Their passing game came alive when he joined the team. Uh, you know, Randall Cobb had a, an excellent year as well. Uh, Michael Gallup came on, and I just, you know, uh, heck, now they even got Jason Witten jealous of what everyone's doing. He came back. <laughs> I know he retired and decided to come back, and, and okay, I'll do another season. You know, the other guy they have, too, is uh, a guy who, who's had some decent seasons. I mean, he's, he's not a wide receiver one anymore. It's Alan Hearns. Uh, Hearns is, uh, is certainly a, a viable option if you are looking for a, uh, I think, a third wide receiver to, uh, you know, spell somebody down, uh, down, down the line. I mean, you know, he's not going to be a guy you pick up in the uh, first 10 rounds, but I mean, he's going to be somebody who may be there in uh, the 11th or 12th round that I think uh, might uh, might be a guy that you may want to take a look at. Yeah, and they've also got, you know, in addition, certain Jason Witten obviously made the headlines coming back to play, but the two tight ends that they had last year actually had pretty good seasons along the way, Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz. So it's, uh, you know, they got some guys to throw the ball around too, and as you mentioned just to begin this, uh, podcast with Dak Prescott, he can run the ball himself, and it's a big part of their offense yeah. running the ball. Well, you know, they lose Cole Beasley, but they re- replace him with uh, uh, Randall Cobb, uh, and Randall Cobb comes over from Green Bay uh, and had uh, some really good seasons there with an excellent quarterback, of course, uh, and uh, I, I look at that and say, okay, you got um, Aaron Rodgers thrown to me, and now I have Dak Prescott thrown to me, and uh, I don't think uh, we can, I, I personally, I don't think Aaron Rodgers, uh, I mean, I don't think um, uh, Dak Prescott is Aaron Rodgers when it comes to throwing the ball, you know, but at the same yeah, time, not. you know, uh, you, you got a guy who's probably, you know, today more than maybe last year, two years ago, maybe a little bit more mobile and moving around and uh, uh, getting the ball out to the wide receivers than, than Aaron Rodgers. So I think that, that's yeah, an advantage. Possibly, but I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a lot older than Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I think, uh, Prescott's, not to use the pun of the star, but he, his star is on the rise mm-hmm. in, in this league. And 
um, you know, he's only going to get better, and he's been very good to this point. I don't know much about Michael Gallup. Uh, what do we know about him? I don't know any more than you do. And uh, right now, until he, you know, until they start throwing the ball to someone other than Amari Cooper, um, I don't know what Michael Gallup is going to mean to this offense going forward. You know, uh, I think um, Jerry Jones may have anticipated the, the Ezekiel Elliott situation. And, of course, you know, it's the, he could be a free agent in a couple of years, too. Uh, so they picked up in the draft. In the fourth round, they went for Tony Pollard out of Memphis. And in the seventh round, they picked up Mike Weber uh, out of Ohio State. And um, things that, uh, you know, they're saying about uh, Pollard is he could be a pretty big impact uh, and on, as a backup running back and also in the return game. So uh, I, I think that um, even uh, six feet to ten uh, out of Memphis, he may not be uh, the big guy that um, people want to see out there to if, if Ezekiel Elliott uh, gets spelled or isn't around. Uh, but I think Pollard might be somebody who uh, we want to watch out for too. Well, I think you're seeing a trend with a lot of teams. They're all going to have another back to accompany the guy that's starting that's going to look like a Tariq Cohen or a Tyreek Hill right. or somebody that's that Darren Sproles that can get out of the backfield. He can get touches between the tackles. He can run screen passes. He can be a down-the-field threat in the passing game. And I think that's probably what Tony Pollard and you know guys like him are going to do. Mike Weber is going to be a solid backup. You know, it's uh, sort of like Andy Reid really kind of changed the game again <laughs> with, with, right. the, uh, with the right. situation in Kansas City with Mahomes and with uh, uh, the two guys you just mentioned. Uh, it's it's uh, People are really looking for this to happen because, I mean, you look at um, uh, Kamari in, in New Orleans, who's one of those backs. You look at Connor and uh, Le'Veon Bell, who were those backs. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's just kind of... Uh, change the game, the, the current state of the game. You want hybrid-type players, yeah. really, at every offensive skill position. Well, even at the offensive line. I mean, you know, you look at uh, teams, uh, it, it's, uh, I know uh, they just announced the depth charts this is about uh, two weeks ago, and um, you know, because the NFL requires it at a certain point in uh, the, before the preseason starts that you uh, announce your depth charts. And uh, so many guys uh, are, they're in a position, but they're really not in a backup position there because they play three or four positions like the offensive lineman. Maybe they play left tackle, left guard. You know, and then they're the backup center. But you have to put them somewhere on the depth chart. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so I think um, it's, it's like Major League Baseball. Everybody's looking for those guys that uh, the word hybrid. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy that can play two or three positions. Uh, and, it, it's, uh, and maybe not as play as many downs but play or as many innings or throw as many innings if you're a pitcher. But at the same time, you can play many, many different positions and, you, and so you're more valuable to your team. Yeah, and no doubt. And, this, and the Cowboys have uh, probably one of the better talented offensive lines in the game, especially if they can stay somewhat healthy. I mean, they lost uh, Travis Sturrock last year to an autoimmune disease, and hopefully he's back at 100%. But Tyron Smith is one of the better left tackles in the league, but also has some injury problems there over the years. So if they can stay healthy, um, and there's no reason to think they won't, uh, you know, their offense is going to thrive again this year. You want to think about this division, and we're talking the uh, NFC East. It seems to be 
the division that uh, focuses more on a key running back. And when you move to the New York Giants, uh, I think there it all begins with second-year running back uh, Sequan Barkley, uh, who came out of Penn State last year, top draft pick, uh, gained uh, 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, uh, also you know caught uh, 91 passes. <laughs> you know, uh, so we're, yep. we're talking about uh, someone who who makes. Uh, not bad rookie year. No, right? not at all. You know, and uh, um, it, it could have made a lot more money back when you were playing because the rookie salary cap wasn't in, right, in, in right. effect. You know, of course you don't have guys holding out like you did uh, back then either. But uh, so we start with Saquon Barkley, and uh, is he ready for? Is he going to have a similar year? Because you got a different team around him now, and we, we're going to talk about the loss of Beckham, but. Um, is he going to have that same type of year? Uh, you know, usually running backs are good for three, maybe four years at that level, and then they start to fall off. Well, I think we can all relate or at least witness the fact and acknowledge that Saquon Barkley, just he's sturdy, he's fast, he's quick, he's elusive, he's instinctive, he's all the things you want, and there's no reason to think he's not going to be a great running back. He was last year, he will be next year, he will be the year after, and so... Yeah, they're, they're going to build this offense around him. They have to win. They can't put up another 5-11 season mm -hmm. next year. Uh, so they've invested a lot in who they drafted, the free agencies, or acquisitions they've brought in. Um, Daniel Jones eventually is going to become the quarterback of this team, whether it's sometime this year or next year. No one knows for sure yet. But the heat is on the New York Giants to win this year. Well, you know, when you look at this team uh, and, and Barkley, especially when I watched him in college, I said, I got to get this guy. <laughs> and in one of the leagues last year, I did. Yeah. Know, that was great. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, to me, if I'm picking number one overall, I'm taking him uh, over Ezekiel. And for only for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's a couple of years younger. Uh, number two, it's only his second year. Number three, and, he's not holding out. Well, number three, he's not holding out. Number four, uh, they play in the same division. So there's going to be a lot of um, uh, competition between the two. And I think uh, because Ezekiel Elliott is the class of the division, I think Barkley's going to try to put himself over that because they're going to play each other twice. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think a lot goes into that. And I think there's a lot more for um, Saquon Barkley to, uh, uh, in his mind, achieve than Ezekiel Elliott, uh, plus the youth factor. So, and uh, I, I just, I just like the way he. Yeah, I think he's got a better breakaway speed at the moment. Well, I, I agree with you, but I think they're both mentally tough and competitive in the sense that they're going to obviously not just, you know, uh, Ezekiel Elliott's won the rushing title the last two out of three mm -hmm. years. So, no reason to think he doesn't want to do it again. True. Saquon Barkley knows that's the way to go if you want to keep your stock rising in this league is to win rushing titles so and games so yeah the the the, the game is on so the game within the game is on between those two i believe you're right now let's move to beckham uh they uh, traded beckham to cleveland uh why um i think probably the reasons were probably more internal than external uh you tell me i mean why do you give up uh, a number one wide receiver, one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL uh, on a team where your quarterback is kind of at the end of his career and you're waiting for a transition a bit, yeah. Well, um, I th like you said, I think there's um, you, you've got to be more than just a, um, 
a, a person or a player on the field that executes on the field. You can't be a distraction in the locker room and um, the team and the admi uh, administrative staff and all the coaches have to believe that you are heavily invested in the team and not just yourself. And I think that's the, the problem Odell Beckham has given himself, really, is that the perception of that it's really about Odell Beckham in his mind and not about the New York Giants, and that's why he's no longer a New York Giant. Yeah, it goes back to the videos on the boat and everything else, <laughs> the, the big distractions. Uh, you know, I, I love Beckham. I, I, you know, I mean, of course, well, everybody You can love him the, from afar. Now, uh, now I know. <laughs> the problem is i got to love him in Cleveland, mm -hmm. you know, when he plays yeah. the Steelers, so that's uh, that's always my, my contention. You know, that's which is true. always really weird because, you know, I have him on my, my dynasty team along with Ben and um, Connor and some other guys. And it's always tough when you're a fan of a team. And the bad thing about fantasy is you're a fan of one team and you have a guy playing against that team. And it's a key game for you and he's a key player and you have to root for you know a guy to go against your team that you want to win. It's like, okay, I want a 90 yard pass um, for Beckham, but I want him to fumble on the one yard line. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true fantasy yeah, geek. you know, and, yep. and the Steelers pick up the ball and go back and the other the, way, and then Ben throws a 99-yard touchdown pass to Schuster, and I'm good. You know yeah. how much the players give thought to this stuff? Zero. More than they used to. Zero. But <laughs> That's how much. <laughs> I, I know. It, 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 it always cracks me up because I remember you told the story about the guy who you didn't even know about fantasy football. And the guy right. came up to you and said, hey, Kramer, you and I are killing it right. in fantasy. Right. Right. So, but, um, you know, I, I got to think that the players today, though, are more, I know they're aware of it. Because yeah, it's of course. So big. Um, do, and they probably guys, play it outside of like NFL football players probably don't play fantasy football in the NFL, mm -hmm. but they probably play fantasy base, baseball or whatever. Why? Why wouldn't they though? I mean, do the guys in a locker room? I mean, don't you know on their own time? Aren't they? Do some of them have? Do they have fantasy football leagues within their own teams? I would doubt it. Okay. I would in, in a season <laughs> there when you said outside they're like on their own personal there is no own personal time right. during the football during season. During the football season, right. Uh, going to the rest of the wide receivers, Sterling Shepard has, has been a, a good, steady guy. Golden Tate, they picked up. Uh, Very good player good, there. Good, yep. st steady guy. Uh, Corey Coleman, and they, they drafted uh, Darius Slayton, and they picked him up uh, in the fifth round uh, out of, uh, out of uh, Auburn, uh, 6'1", 190. And uh, so, I mean, these guys, they're, they're grooming because, uh, I mean, Shepard and Tate. And, but what they have, like, four of them go down in the first three yeah. days of practice in training camp. Yeah, so. so they're, they're going to have to stay healthy and, and first get healthy and then stay healthy uh, so yeah I mean there's there's plenty of talent there to make up for Odell Beckham's loss in production uh, Golden Tate's been a productive receiver as is Sterling Shepard and um, so and Saquon Barkley as you mentioned earlier had 91 catches so their versatility they'll, they'll spread the ball around and they'll figure out how to make plays and score touchdowns and and all that so I don't, I'm not worried about Beckham's or Odell Beckham's loss to the Giants. Yeah, and, and Evan Ingram caught 45 passes last year. And, you know, so and, tight end. So I mean, exactly. uh, and it's going to grow even more. Yeah, I mean, the the almost 13 yards a catch for a tight end. That, that's, that's darn good. 
All right, let's uh, talk about the elephant in the room here, and that, of course, is uh, Eli Manning. Um, Eli obviously is uh, on the downside of his career. You mentioned something that uh, I wasn't uh, sure uh, about, and that is uh, whether uh, the, uh, the rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones, comes in this year or next year. Uh, do you think that Jones comes in this year? Yeah, I do. And, and if you think back to when Kurt Warner was on the Giants and Eli Manning was a rookie, mm -hmm. um, Warner was 5-4 and four, uh, coming off a couple of losses in a row, and they put Eli in and went 0-6 in those six starts. So uh, when I think in, when the Gettleman, in this case, the general manager, drafts uh, Janet Jones, um, the Heat's on Gettleman this year, too. They've got to, he's got to win. And so, uh, but they've also got a plan for the future. And so if it looks like things just aren't moving forward and winning games with Eli early in the year, you're going to see Daniel Jones at somewhere game seven, eight, nine. You know, um, the fact that we're, we're talking a, a dynasty league, uh, I mean, Daniel Jones becomes very, very high. On, on your list of quarterbacks and list of early round picks. And let's say in, in a league like mine where you're keeping the nine players and maybe you have a slot open for a quarterback. Let's say in our league you keep three. I will. I'm keeping all three of my quarterbacks right, in right. My, well, my situation. Well, this but, for you then is where the right. preseason comes in and becomes right. more valuable. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but for the guys out there that maybe have a slot open for a quarterback, Daniel Jones might be a number one pick. You know, because the guys like Ezekiel Elliott and, and Jaquan Barkley are, are gone. gone. Right. You know, so, mm -hmm. um, but you start looking at a guy like Jones, and this guy, it's prototype quarterback, uh, 221, 6'5", out of Duke. Uh, what do you like about him? Well, he's a good decision maker, and, uh, and he's accurate, and he makes plays, and he's, he, you know, everybody knows now, he played at Duke for David Cutcliffe, who coached up the Mannings and coached was uh, um, Peyton Manning's uh, office coordinator at Tennessee. So, you know, he, he's been around good offenses and good coaching his, uh, you know, the latter part of his college career. And so there's no reason to think he won't be continuing that progress as he moves forward in the NFL. Mm -hmm. When we move on to the Eagles, we do move on to a team that is focused on the quarterback and not so much the running backs because they don't have uh, much. Like never before. Exactly. I mean, it, it's just amazing. I, I, I look at who they have in their backfield, and they're dependent on Carson Wentz, who was injured uh, a lot the last couple of years. And it seems like they came out the first year, got injured late in the year. Uh, second year, basically the same thing. Nick Foles took over. Nick Foles, of course, is gone. But Wentz still came back and uh, threw 21 touchdowns, 3,000 yards, and uh, is the former number one pick who is the focus of this offense, and he has to stay healthy more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, he's as good a quarterback as you're going to see in the NFL, and everyone knows that. He just has to stay healthy. But just because a guy gets hurt his first, like his first year, he went didn't get injured and then made all 16 games. It was year two and three where he had he ran into some obstacles getting injured. But that doesn't mean he's going to be injury prone from here on out. So, But as you said, they, no more Nick Foles means no more getting hurt for Carson Wentz. All right. And, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that um, 
I, I've always liked Carson Wentz, and I, I think I told you we're talking in my fantasy league. I um, made a decision I wanted him over Jared Goff when, they, of course, they both came out at the same time. That was a big decision for anybody, that, for the NFL teams that were picking. And uh, the Rams uh, went with Goff, and, and Wentz went to the Eagles. And, but they were both highly rated. Uh, where would you put them now, comparatively? Mm, I would still say Carson Wentz is a more talented player, but I just think Jared Goff is now playing in a system that's going to allow him to flourish, and he's got loads of talent around him and probably one of the best play callers in the game. But then if, if Sean McVay is the best play caller, then, you know, uh, the one in Philadelphia, uh, Doug Peterson, he's not too bad either. Yeah. Six foot five, obviously can see over a lot of people. Athletic, <laughs> playmaker, decisive. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to be running as much as he used. To, I think he will. You, you can't. So? Yeah, yeah. You can't take that out of a guy. So uh, he'll just. Uh, he'll. You know. If you look at what the injury he got against the Rams a year before, tearing his ACL. I mean, that was that could have happened to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, he's not going to tamper down the way he plays. He'll slide. He'll do all the things that, that guys do eventually anyway. But he's still a playmaker. So he'll still run the ball. And the thing about this team, they went out and uh, they beefed up the wide receiver core because they had to. They had some pretty good guys anyway. I mean, Alton Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar are both, you know, really decent, um, you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver one, borderline. And then they went out and uh, they re-got Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I, I think uh, that was because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's because they had to go out and get um, Jordan Howard uh, as our number one running back uh, from the Bears. And... Uh, it was just, you know, they needed to beef up the wide receivers because yeah. the running, running game isn't going to be that good. Well, let's, hold, let's not make that determination on the running game just yet. We'll come back to that. But the receivers, I think they've got a good core, as you mentioned, with Alshon Jeffrey and uh, Nelson Aguilar. But bringing Deshaun Jackson back, yeah, he's 32, but he's been an explosive player in this league. And he's a guy that... If he's got something to prove, which now he does, because Washington basically wrote him off last right. year, so um, I think he's going to have every um, every conceivable motivation to play well and make an impact, and I think he will. When you look at um, uh, the uh, the other wide receiver, they they drafted uh, uh, um, Whiteside, area of the Whiteside. Um, I, I kind of look at the position where they drafted him, and which uh, I want to make sure before I say exactly where they picked him in what round, but um, uh, they picked him in the second round, uh, as, along with Miles Sanders, who was a running back. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, J.C. Arrigue, uh, Whiteside, uh, came out of Stanford, um, six foot two, 225, kind of a nice prototype wide receiver, um, a, a guy that uh, I think they're hoping will be explosive and uh, they can work into um, being a top wide receiver next year when Sean Jackson's 33 instead of 32. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, as you mentioned, he's, he's a big, solid uh, receiver, um, get down the field, and uh, it just seems like more and more in the last five, six, seven years we're talking about impact players coming out of Stanford, which for me is growing up here in Southern California, and it's all about USC, and right. Stanford was an afterthought until Elway went there. But now it's, <laughs> they're a legitimate 
program that turns out pretty good talent. Whiteside being, you know, I think he's going to have a pretty good uh, year this year given some opportunities. He's not going to have a ton, but I think he's going to have enough where he'll make an impact. And it all depends on the injuries, too. He could get a ton. Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, you got guys uh, who have um, not been – 16-game uh, players. No, I got uh, it. But he so won't be the focal point going no. into the season. It would have to take an injury or two to get him in there more consistently. Good dynasty pick uh, down the line might be might be a, a really good dynasty pick. And the other good dynasty pick is Miles uh, Sanders. And I say about Miles Sanders is because we talked about Saquon Barkley. And the guy that replaced Saquon Barkley at Penn State mm-hmm. was Miles Sanders. And uh, this is a guy, uh, if um, uh, Jordan Howard uh, doesn't, uh, produce, I think, could be the guy who um, could be one of those top rookie running backs this year. Well, I think before you even get on to or get off of Jordan Howard, you did mention him. So I think he's another guy that the Bears purposely traded him. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't an accident. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to try to show that he's got more than what people are, you know, uh, uh, treating him as a negative somehow connotation, giving him a negative connotation, at least Matt Nagy did. So I think Jordan Howard's going to come into this season with something to prove and, and is a good solid back. And uh, as you mentioned, the one from um, Sanders from Penn State, I think he'll have something to, to prove as well. Well, they, uh, and uh, I think they, um, I don't know if they, they're facing the uh, Bears this year or not. They are. They are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be an interesting November third. Uh, I mean, you were a guy who played Chicago. Uh, what's it like for a guy who got traded? Who, you know, I don't know. Would you consider him one of the fav- fan favorites there? Jordan Howard. Yeah. Mm, not really. Yeah. I think they. I think Matt Nagy made it known. Maybe not with so much saying it directly, but I think he was. He showed his, uh, or has talked about since then his frustration with not having a more multi-dimensional back mm-hmm. than having the, the combination of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Mm-hmm. He wanted a more, a more versatile back, and now he has one right. in David Montgomery. Right. So when he returns, Jordan Howard, uh, what kind of return do you expect? <laughs> well, I, they're going to play this game in Philadelphia this year. So, oh, okay. Um, I think he's going to – There's nobody gonna, on the field is going to be more motivated to play against the Bears than yeah. Jordan Howard that day. Yeah. Zach Ertz. Uh, one of the best tight ends in football. Uh, yeah. 116 catches, 1,100 yards, average 10 yards a catch uh, for a tight end. He got eight touchdowns. All that uh, top of the line stuff. Uh, what what can you say about Zach Ertz? I mean, this is a guy that who's well that he's in fantasy world. He's draftable. Yeah. He and and uh, you know the, the Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Those are the type of guys that in fantasy football. Those type of tight ends, along with Zach Ertz, they'll be getting drafted this year. Well, you know, I mean, if you're in a PPR league and you're given one point per catch, here's a guy that's going to get you 100 points on the year. <laughs> and that's just there if, without the yardage. That's about eight points a game. Right. That, know, just think about that. Like, he almost doubled the amount of catches as Alf- Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. And, um, and only three yards a catch less. <laughs> <laughs> so And more touchdowns. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. That, that, he, he's a focal part of that team. Uh, he obviously, he marries well, you know, got another athlete in the family, Julia's wife, yeah. soccer player. So, yeah, um, this team is young. They've got some good young talent um, around Carson Wentz, and Zach Ertz being one of them is going to have another terrific year, I'm sure. You know, I was just uh, getting out my calculator here. Uh, I'm looking at 
If you drafted Zach Ertz last year in the 16-game season, and most fantasy leagues are not 16 games, um, but if, you know, based on an average, uh, you had just at his catches 7.25 points a game. Okay. So, and he had 1,100 yards. So, if you take that, 1,163 divided by 16, you're coming up with 72 points uh, or 72 yards a game, and that's another seven. So now you're at 14 points a game, and if he catches one touchdown every other game, now you're at about 17, about 17 points a game. That's pretty dang good for, for a tight end. You know, I mean, that's you, really good. And if Ezekiel Elliott's a running back, yeah. then you're going to be all right. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's amazing when you look at a guy with 116 catches. You know, you expect that from a wide receiver, some of the top wide receivers. You it just don't. shows you how much the game has changed right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, it's a passing league, and – not just to – teams don't have just one guy to go to anymore. Yeah. You know, you I got mean, rookie running backs like Saquon Barkley with 91 catches and yeah. tight ends with 116 catches. It's crazy. Uh, that, I mean, that's, that's 200 catches between those two, over 200 <laughs> catches. So, that, I mean, that's, that's – uh, well, what did Carson Wentz complete last year? Uh, uh, out of curiosity. Oh, you mean like percentage-wise? No, how many – uh, 229 passes, and he threw – 79. Two, 279 passes, so and 200 – So, nearly three out of four. So <laughs> – not too bad. I mean, if, if, if you had uh, Saquon Barkley, we were talking to those two. Um, all right, Washington Redskins. Uh, what a mess here, huh? Well, we'll see. I, possibly, but, you know, uh, they've got an owner, Daniel uh, Snyder, that, uh, you know, he's shown that he doesn't want to wait around too long to win, and he'll manipulate things if he has to. So. Well, he certainly does. I, I know he's, um, he's been one of those guys who he over, has a tendency to overspend. he got a lot of money and will overspend on players, and uh, I'm, I'm not so sure. And my uh, poke his head in the coach's room every now and then and overanalyze yeah. what's going on and overindulge in who's going to play and who's not. Well, you know, and, and this year he goes out and he gets Case Keenum. I mean, um, Smith was his quarterback last year. This year he uh, goes out and gets Case Keenum, who Case Keenum's been, what, five teams, five years, something like that. Mm, something that's like that. probably I mean, a good estimate, know. yep. And uh, so he's going to be the starting quarterback this year. He's got a rookie backup in Dwayne Haskins, who uh, uh, was their number one pick, and who maybe like uh, the situation uh, with the Giants is Dwayne Haskins, a guy that comes in after six, seven games and replaces Case Keenum. Well, it, Daniel Snyder might come in after game two or one if it doesn't look good uh, from the first guy. And... Uh, you know, he might make the switch himself. It's interesting to, to look at an owner who takes, I mean, Jerry Jones takes a very active part. A lot of owners do these days. Yeah, you know, Robert Kraft takes a lot of Elway does too, interest in what yeah, goes on. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, but I, I look at a situation where you, you bring in basically, how do I want to put this, um, a journeyman pedestrian quarterback to basically run the team until your first-round draft pick is ready to step in. Yep. So in case Keenum's head, what is he thinking at this point? I get a paycheck? I think Case Keenum's got to think what, whatever he did mentally the year before when he was in Minnesota, that's, what, that's, the, game, that, that's the mindset he has to go into this season with is just, uh, you know, spread the ball around, make good decisions, don't get – you know, caught making poor decisions late in a play so that you're throwing tip balls and interceptions and getting sacked and just keep being productive. And I think that will 
over like they were seven and nine. They were terrible last year, mm -hmm. and they got their quarterback Alex Smith um, nearly ruined his career with that broken leg. So right. um, you know they have talent, but they just they've got to they've got to weather the storm through the first maybe four weeks of the season, and uh, and not beat themselves. And that's to me, Case Keenum has shown he can be productive in this league and get the ball down the field. Well, you know, uh, Haskins is obviously, we mentioned the number one pick, another prototype quarterback, uh, 230 pounds, 6'3", out of Ohio State. Ohio State's not famous for its... Uh, Until recently. Yeah. <laughs> and, points on the board. And he, yeah. he's obviously not a project. I mean, this kid's got it going on. Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, you can't just... Okay, he threw 50 touchdowns. Well, that does he played one year at Ohio State mm -hmm. on a team that was, talent-wise, probably the top two or three in the country. Right. So he's not running up again. He's the Redskins are not the most talented team right. in the NFL, and so he's, he's gonna get his head banged around a little bit. If, yeah, so I don't think it's a good idea to just throw him in there just because he came from Ohio State and threw a bunch of touchdowns last year. I don't think that's gonna necessarily translate right away. Uh, he's got to still show through training camp that he, you know, yes, he was picked in the first round, but. You know, I, who knows how that's going to turn out. As far as the, with the rest of the first-round quarterbacks, where do you rank them? Where do I rank Haskins? Yeah. Um, nothing. Nobody really stood out to me this year as being the guy mm -hmm. quarterback-wise coming out of college. Mm -hmm. um, that could all, you know, uh, that could clear itself up here when the first half of the season go, oh, man, Dwayne Haskins, why everyone should have picked him. Uh, or they should have picked him higher, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't. That's going to have to play itself out, kind of like Jared Goff. I mean, who who would have thought Jared Goff last year, after his first year, right, would have been in the Super Bowl? No one. So it's just uh, sometimes getting in the right situation, and playing for the right coach, and having the right people around you, and staying healthy. And of course, the the guys he's throwing to. You got the guys like Josh Doxson, uh, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn. Uh, the rookie, Terry uh, McLaughlin, uh, or McLaurin. Uh, not big names there, I mean, uh, as far as... No I mean, Randy Moss is on that, no, no, on that roster. I mean, uh, Jordan Reed uh, was their leading receiver at, uh, at tight end, mm -hmm. with 54 catches and, uh, and only a couple of touchdowns. I mean, nobody on the team caught more than two touchdowns as far as receivers go. So, uh, and, and Dotson, uh, you know, 44 catches last year, 12-1. I mean, I thought he was going to be much better player when he came out of college. Uh, I just don't think Well, who's to say he's not? Like their quarterback situation last year true. was in such a state of flux. They had, you know, and Jay Gruden being a young coach, just, you know, trying to get the program off the ground. You've got injuries all over the place. They, their left tackle um, is holding out of camp this year. So, um, you know, they're, they're kind of – They've got to get their act together here too, right along with the Giants and the and um, you know the rest of this division. They they've got to make a few moves themselves and, and stay healthy and get off a good start. All right, let's move to the running back. You got a guy who's been here twelve years, <laughs> Adrian <laughs> Peterson. You know, I, I look at Adrian Peterson, and uh, this was a guy before he got hurt in his prime, before things happened. I mean, he was just the top of the line. I mean, it was just, you know, he was the guy. And now it, it's, I, I know he gained a thousand yards last year, but you, you know, a thousand yards in today's NFL is not like a thousand yards in, um, 
1990s NFL when you played, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yep. you know uh, West games. And, and, I mean, you know, he, he gained uh, barely crossed 1,000, 4.2 yards a ca carry, and um, didn't really have, uh, you know, not even 25 catches, 28 catches. So uh, I, I, l I look at him and say, okay, is this his final year? Is, is he on the last leg? Is he the journeyman? Is he a guy that you're going to count on as an RB1? No. So your last t that the no was for that last question. I don't think he's going to be a um, you know a high pick in anyone's fantasy draft. I think he's somebody that can provide you depth in your roster as a fantasy owner. But I think Adrian's um, explosive days are behind him. He did have a good yards per carry average last year, but he's as you mentioned, he's not he's lost that explosiveness part to his game. I think, but. You know, heck, for a guy that's been around, how many years did you say it's with? 12 years? Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, it's been a great career so far. And I think you're going to see this offense running back-wise, more guys carry the ball than just Adrian, Pe or Adrian Peterson. And, you know, they, they, they went uh, in the draft, uh, the fourth round, they picked up Bryce Love out of Stanford, uh, uh, who could uh, make an impact. They, exactly. they actually went for a, a lot of uh, offensive players. I mean, uh, three of their first four picks offensive skill positions and then they went uh, to uh, offensive line uh, as well as they had one defensive player in the, uh, the first round because uh, they had a couple of first round picks but uh, so this is a team I, I think that is rebuilding right and, 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 and don't forget Darius Geis that he he tore his ACL last year he'll be back and um, you know the I think, as you said, they, they did bolster their their roster with early, early offensive picks and um, you know, I think they're going to have, you know, plenty of opportunities. They're going to be the running backs will be running behind a good offensive line, and they're just going to need a quarterback to make good decisions, keep the chains moving, and give everyone more opportunities. All right. Well, you know, we are moving down the line here. I mean, we're getting coming close. We got one more uh, week of our uh, our preview picks uh, and uh, looking at the divisions. That'll be next week. We'll do the AFC East. Uh, we'll wrap it up with the uh, New England Patriots and the Jets and Le'Veon Bell and Tom Brady and no more Gronk. And we'll look at that that whole division. Uh, and uh, just a reminder that uh, coming up uh, next week for that, and then we'll have our draft show where we'll take a look at uh, the draft itself and then our first preview uh, for the very first week. So we'll do the, uh, those two uh, just a few days apart, so you'll be able to listen to both of those podcasts uh, right before uh, the season starts. Uh, you've been listening to Kramer and Brill, your weekly fantasy football podcast with former NFL quarterback Eric Kramer and award-winning sports broadcaster and fantasy football expert Bob Brill. Join us next time, again, each Thursday night for right now, and then uh, for Kramer and, Kramer and Brill, and then uh, we'll switch to Tuesday nights uh, just before the season starts. You can pick us up on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, uh, Lipsum, wherever uh, you get your podcasts, or you can find a link from our website, and of course that is KramerandBrill.com. For Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, reminding you to come back for more Fantasy Football Insights.